Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. Especially on YouTube. Make sure you get a subscription to our YouTube channel. And like it. And like it. And as always, we talk judging MMA, so make sure you read the scoring criteria. What do you think? I moved away from the uh, the five-star review thing. I think we got as many five-stars as we can. I think we moved as many five-star reviews as we're going to get out of yeah. people, and I think we probably got like three, And but but I don't think we got any less than five-star reviews. Yeah, we're not looking for any either, so. Yeah, don't, no, no, no. Uh, I, I don't know if I made it clear enough in every other episode for the last, like, two years. Five-star review. Just five. Yeah, yeah. That's you it. go four. <laughs> Why don't you go F off? How do you get to four? Gosh, like, I don't even... Who would do that? That's like that's like leaving a four star review for like your YouTube, your your Uber driver. Like you know it doesn't help them. You're just dinging them for like little stuff. Give them if they were bad, give them a one. If they were not bad, give should, them a five. It's just pass or fail. Yeah, it really should just be that. It should be like uh, because what was it? Netflix a few years back. We're talking about streaming uh, services mm-hmm. before we got on here. Netflix a few years back, they switched over from the used to be a five star system to thumbs up thumbs down and then sometime in the last year they added like an extra double thumbs up or something one of this one of the streaming services posts rotten tomato scores if it's a, a passing score only if only if it's a passing do score. you know which one it is i, I want to say peacock Okay. I think Peacock. <laughs> so if it's bad. If it's bad, then you don't get a Rotten Tomatoes just, score. You, so if you don't see the score, just know it wasn't good. I'm on to you, Peacock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get people to, you know, find their way over mm-hmm. to our YouTube channel a little bit. We got a lot of, uh, I guess, interactions, listens, downloads, whatever mm-hmm. you would call it, recently on, on an episode, at least a lot for us. Uh, and our modest following. So, yeah, if we can grow the YouTube channel a little bit, I think that would probably be for the best. Probably mm-hmm. probably help us. Uh, if, if you like this show, then that, that would definitely help us. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the one. If we get to 1,000 subscribers, we have monetization opportunities. We're almost there. So We're like, hey. we're like almost at like 35. <laughs> yeah. I, so we're getting really close to, to money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not that far off. Mm-hmm. Dan, Dan and I may seem rich. We live uh, a hoity-toity lifestyle, but it's all a ruse. <laughs> it's all a ruse. Um, fights. Should we talk about fights? Some good ones. We can talk about fights. Yeah. Nah, let's, let's not. Good night, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Yankees won today. You mean Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. This show's a Monday show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now nah, we got to get to the fight that, I, I I mean, finally, finally, Israel Destiny was able to get past the beast. He climbed the mountain. All the other phrases that have to do with getting the job done finally after all this time. Beating Alex Pereira. Awesome, awesome, awesome performance. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like he was thoroughly beating him or anything like that, but just the fact that he was able to put the stamp on it that he just couldn't do any other time was really impressive. Yeah. And he said he was playing a little rope a dope there. Yeah, you can say uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that, but it worked out. It's easy enough to so. say. Maybe maybe there's a portion of it that was, but also you know, he didn't want his leg to get jacked up throughout the first ten minutes of the fight. Well, no, I, th- I was I was specifically talking about the uh, the final sequence. No, 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 I understand that, but like you know, all of this is playing into it. How much how much can you really play possum when your leg isn't working as well? It wasn't. Well, was it not working? He was moving fine, but like it's hurting. It's, is yeah. it is it moving optimally? 
I don't know. Then it's not working as well. I, I don't know. Yeah. You seem normal to me. I'm sure, but you know, it hurts. Yeah. He's human. But that was impressive. Um, and I said this before the fight, that the the fact that this uh this fight here, even though we'd seen the winner, the same man winning the first three fights, it was still compelling because you always thought even if you didn't think, okay, Israel is going to knock him out this time, you always feel like it's going to be competitive between these two. Well, yeah, the, well, the, the one that went to decision in kickboxing, people say, should have went to Izzy. I watched that fight. I'm not like an, a kickboxing uh, scoring expert, but like, yeah, it was certainly close enough. I can see why people would say that. The other one, they say Izzy was handling him up until he got knocked out. That was at least partially true. And then MMA won. Izzy was ahead. He was. And then the got knocked out. Yeah. And some people called it a controversial stoppage. He didn't really. I don't think it was a controversial stoppage. I think it was uh, a fine stoppage. Yeah, me too. Not a, not not like the most fine stoppage you could like. It wouldn't be the one you would be like, all right, here's Exhibit A of how to do the best stoppage possible in MMA. But like, it was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was fine. And then, there shouldn't be any argument with that one. This one he just flattened them. And he was he actually won the first round. Is he did? Is he did? Yeah. Yeah. But I def I scored it the other way. I thought that the the leg kicks that. Pereira was landing were heavier and more impactful. Okay. So I ended up going that way. Um, I don't know how you felt about that round, but I don't remember scoring it. I was hanging it. out with Dan Tom and Anthony Walker. Is that on right? Their, uh, I wasn't on it, but I was oh. in the chat room. Okay. On uh, Dan Tom's uh, alternate commentary for pay per view. I saw they were doing that. So I was like, hanging I like out with both them. of those individuals. How was it? It was fun. Yeah. It was a good, good. Good watch. What were they? Uh, what was what was alternate about their commentary? It just it wasn't Rogan DC or Anik. Okay, it was them commentating. So giving their take on what's going on. But see, I, see, the reason I don't like that is because there's not nearly enough. Oh, he hurt him. He's hurt. <laughs> just not nearly enough of that. <laughs> you can't. You, no one can make up for the amount of that you get with Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh man. Um. But yeah, that was that was wild. And now in the aftermath, we have Dana White talking about how he doesn't really want to have the trilogy fight, which I had thought made a lot of sense. It certainly seemed to be the most logical thing to do next. You have these guys fight again for the third time in MMA, fifth time across combat sports. I think it makes all the sense in the world, and that doesn't sound like what Dana wants. Uh, Dustin was already saying, "No, I don't. I'm going to make him make." walk the hard road i'm gonna make him earn the shot back dana was saying he wants Pereira to go to 205 um it's not that i just like the idea of him going to 205 but realistically i would rather see him I, why are we why are we saying no to this trilogy fight i don't know why we're saying no to it i mean i understand why they rushed to it because of the story maybe they're saying no oh, now the story's over now uh Pereira go go really earn it back now which honestly i don't know if he ever does. Well, the story so, the story is only over if the UFC believes it's Adesanya's story and not Pereira's story. Mm. That, that Pereira is just a character in the Adesanya story that they're trying to tell. Which is what it is. I mean, I guess in some ways, yeah, they have a lot more money invested in Adesanya. Sure, they want him to, in theory, would want someone they're paying more to succeed. Yeah, Pereira's not seeing that title if he has to, if it's not immediate. I don't think he's getting back there, so. Well, if he goes to 205, like... uh like Dana is suggesting, and who knows if that's yeah, I think what, he gets slaughtered. Who there. knows if that's what he has? Oh, who would he fight? That's the real question. Is like because he's he is inarguably more technical than anyone else at 100 or excuse me 205 pounds in the UFC. But everyone else there, it's just a little harder than everybody else at middleweight. So 
It just changes things. I think he, if it's for him, he's got to do it now. I go to 205. Has that even been mentioned by Bahada? I think he had interest in fighting uh, Jamal Hill. He had suggested, hey, uh, if while, while uh, Yuri's out, how about we fight? Oh, okay. This was back in like February. So yeah, he's, he's certainly he, keen. I mean, he was keen on getting a second belt. That was that, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know that he's necessarily saying, oh, I would rather go to 205. I mean, Jan might take his head off. Uncle Live might take his head off. I don't know about that. I mean, he, he, he might take their heads off, too. Nah, I don't see it. I'd be more concerned about someone like Uncle Live just being able to out-wrestle him. And well, potentially pound him out on the ground, too. That, too. That's, yeah, he, that's he, where he might, I'd be He'd probably beat Anthony Smith. I think there's a. I think there are very interesting matchups for him at, at 205, but but I really still believe he should be fighting at 85. And I, and I just I don't think it's smart business to say, well, we don't really have interest in this trilogy fight that everyone else is probably going to want interest in and that we may or may not even have again if we're to believe what you think, that he may not even get the chance to earn it again. I don't think he's going to get the chance to earn it if he so doesn't take get his, it right so away. So do it now. Do it now. Right? Am I wrong here? Uh, but I, that's what it comes down to. Do they believe... They have that story still. No, I don't know. I, don't they, think, so. I think I think it's fascinating. I think they should do it, but I guess they have their own plans and they think they know better. So that is what it is, right? Right. But you, you said something about Izzy not wanting that fight either. No, no, no. He doesn't. But like, also, Leon Edwards didn't want to fight Colby Covington next, and sure sounds like he doesn't get a choice in that matter either. Yeah, but welterweight is so much different than middleweight you're right it's, it's all like, there are a lot more options there and like, yet apparently there's none whereas at middleweight there's no options but apparently no there's no, others no no it's, that's that's not fair there's five options and you have a good argument for all of them all I right think. what are they so colby good oh, argument. oh you're talking about welterweight, welterweight oh, yeah hums oh. out yes I, i'm saying there's Bolo. plenty of options down there gilbert maybe even shafka but no I'm, i don't disagree i'm talking about middleweight there's like no oh, other options. There's no other options. Yeah. No. I yeah, think yeah, we're yeah. saying. I think you thought I was saying something different. We're, I do. We're think actually saying the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. That's where I got confused. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 because yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me that we have to be locked into Colby Covington as the only option at 170, even though there are plenty other ones. Whereas mm-hmm. up at 185, we're saying no, we don't like the only option. Let's make other options that don't exist. Gotcha. And that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, fair. realistically, who who should fight Israel now? Because you've got Robert Whitaker. No, Pahed is the only one that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, if we're not doing that, where are we going? It, it can't be Robert Whitaker right now. He didn't do enough to get back to that point again. And I I love Bobby Knuckles. I think he's one of the best middleweights that we've we've yeah. had in a long time. But he's lost two to israel and the the last one i know people thought was close it was competitive but i don't know that it was close well he's beaten everyone in the top six i think already i mean so you, there would be rematches you got a destiny is is making allusions to the fact that he would like to fight uh that guy from uh south africa which is Drikas duplessis they have the beef over over comments duplessis had about being like the only real african on the ufc roster or something like that which that's a slippery slope <laughs> i don't i don't know the middleweight is a, is a wreck. And it's exactly why they need to have this fight. And I don't know what the heck they think you're going to do. Like, like Sean doesn't Strickland doesn't deserve it. The only, actually, the only thing I'm, but, that will make sense, and I think you'll actually agree with me, is, the, is it's got to be Hamza. Oh, yeah, he's going up to 85. He's really right? the only yeah. one that actually does make some sense. And he hasn't won a fight at middleweight in a long time. So, like, he still realistically probably should have another fight there. I keep forgetting that he is now middleweight. He's or, more or or going to be a middleweight. I think he still has designs on 170. It's just that's the way I kind of read the situation. I don't 
think that's realistic anymore. But yeah, I mean, he's he's really the only one that you could actually say, okay, maybe there's some interest in that fight. Because yeah, you, you mentioned Sean Strickland. It's not like Sean Strickland's somebody we're really desiring to have that fight either. No, but I think it's the most interesting of people he hasn't fought already. I guess. Uh, I mean, again, I would actually even be more interested in Hamza. Oh, no, without be, him having I, another middleweight fight. I'd be I, very I would rather interested. him have that, and I would still be like, okay, fine. He can still get the next shot. I'd be very interested in Hamza getting that shot, because I think he might win. Yeah, that that possibly certainly exists. It it does intrigue from a competitive standpoint. So. Like I kind of expect if they do the Duplessis and Adesanya, that's just a gift to Duplessis. And I imagine a showcase for Adesanya. Yeah, I don't think he's getting that next. So. I, I think that was just kind of like him saying, hey, this is somebody... Cause Adesanya doesn't like to kind of pick out these guys often. I think he sometimes does, but like he's not he's not looking deep down and like willing to give you the names that often. I mean, do you think the Marino Figueroa saga has soured them from doing like immediate trilogies? No, I don't think so. No. They decided to do that on their own. No one told them to do it. Yeah. That was that was their own choice. But the, but this one's m- makes more sense. I'm looking so. at the ra- the middleweight rankings now by the way, and these are as of, you know, Saturday night. So nothing updated in the aftermath of of the events here but i mean when you look at it outside of Pereira, which is again i think we agree is the only one that really makes sense it's a bunch of guys that asanya's beaten before it's strickland and he's one spot behind drikas duplessis and after that you have to go a lot farther down to find someone coming off of a win who hasn't fought asanya so Kelvin's got to win. Literally, well, yeah. But they had a great fight. He's still farther so, down. I don't think. I don't think we can do that right now. Let's let's not. That was a great, that. great fight. The it, first it, time it was. It's not going to happen next. <laughs> uh, so these are your own. I'm going to say these are the only realistic options as far as names at middleweight. But didn't Raging Al get get a uh, a title shot as the 15 contender? That was a very different <laughs> thing. Sir. Stop that. You know what you're doing. I know what you're doing too. You cut it out. Uh, <laughs> now we we've the only realistic options are are Duplessis, Sean Strickland, and Amzat. If you're not going to do Pereira, yeah, that's a weird. And I I don't know that anyone's beaten down the door for any of these. Fights. I mean, maybe but- Amzat again. He's the most interesting of them, right? I don't want to dwell too deep on it. We've we've probably given this too much time than we needed. But I mean, do you, do you have any more closing thoughts? I guess in the ideas. No, I mean, Vittoria beaten. Vittori beating Delize doesn't give him the next shot. Either. All right, tell you what. So, before before we move on to the next topic, rank the names in order that you would rather have them fight Izzy next, like absolutely next. It's it's not not Pereira, but Duplessis, Strickland, and uh, Hamza. Hamza one. Mm-hmm. Who's two? Duplessis. Okay, just because it's newer. Yeah, and then Strickland three. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I would go that. I, I would go that order too. That's about it. Um, and and at that point you're you're after that point you're kind of looking at like Brendan Allen, which okay, fine, but Brendan Allen probably just has had a good a little win more work for Andre Muniz, but yeah, yeah, he's got more he's work, more to, work do. to do. I mean, that's not enough. It, I thought Muniz was a lot closer than he was, and, mm-hmm. and clearly he wasn't. So yeah, I don't think so. a nightmare. It is. So just do Pereira again. It's stupid. Anyway, uh, we got to move on to uh, just touch upon real quickly the welterweight situation because obviously we had Gilbert Burns beating Jorge Masvidal in a fight that really was not as competitive i i don't think a lot of people thought it would be super competitive it kind of played out in a lot of ways that i think a lot of people expected it i yeah i I didn't expect burns to stand as long as he did i'm not surprised he did i I guess i'm also somewhat surprised but also i think burns feels like he's a very well-rounded fighter which he is yeah and he showed that as well he he was if not competitive 
if if not merely competitive, he was actually better than Masvidal in the stand-up. Because Masvidal, I think he even said it, he doesn't really feel it anymore. Obviously, he retired after the fight. Um, Two quick questions before we kind of get on. Where is Gilbert Burns in the welterweight tighter queue, if it's up to you? Because it sounds like he's kind of basically volunteered himself to be the backup, which in theory puts him next in line for the title when it's whenever it's uh leon edwards and colby covington yeah but would you put him there would you say he's number two in the queue to to colby okay so colby's next shot then Mm -hmm. i would say Bilal. then i would say gilbert okay i think i would probably do that too i mean realistically you know how i feel i would put colby down we already had that conversation we don't have to have it again but yeah I, i think if if that's where we're at this is where I'm putting him to. I think Burns, unfortunately, does have to wait a little bit behind Bilal. Yeah, kind of silly. We're gonna have to wait until July for this fight. Yeah, with Colby and and Leon. Well, you know, it's kind of how they, these things go. Yeah, just fight next week. <laughs> it's just the way like, the UFC does things, man. And then I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know when Ramadan ends. It's a, it is a month long. I, I can't remember exactly what day it started. It was late March. But I don't expect to hear an announcement for Bilal's next fight until at the end of that. Well, he's fighting uh, Shavkat next. Oh, they made that. Oh, I, it doesn't sound like that's like done deal, but like oh, okay. it sounds like that's what Dana wants. And those things tend to happen. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking they probably won't announce that until after Ramadan. It seems like they're yeah, maybe, but um, I'm not actually I, I don't know for certain if uh, Javkat is Muslim as well, so in theory he would also be observing Ramadan. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I Blah Muhammad is getting the the short short shrift here, and and it sucks. But but here's the thing: you have you have a good problem at Walter White because you have a ton of options. Yeah, yeah. Middleweight, you have than, nothing. Yeah, we don't need to rehash that. I think we've beaten that like, one into the ground. But um, it's never so clear what you're supposed to do, and then they're like talking themselves into making a big decision. Yeah, that's kind of like, dumb. It's super super dumb. Um, Jorge Masvidal hung him up. Any thoughts on him, his career, whatever? Journeyman turned superstar because of one awesome knockout, basically, and then getting called out by Nate Diaz really set him off, probably. Um, Won the BMF belt in the least BMF way possible. (laughs) He was fun to watch. I mean, I don't don't expect him getting a Hall of Fame nod. Well, the UFC Hall of Fame does work a little differently. Just don't, yeah, I all right, cool, man. I'm not advocating for it. <laughs> like, just point it out. Good on Jorge. Like he was, it's journeyman who who outkicked his coverage, I guess. Like, cause he got he got the he just moved up with due to popularity, I think, and such a spectacular knockout of uh, Ben. So Ben Askren. Yeah, couldn't remember his name. No, that was a Ben. Ben somebody. Five seconds, cause he was doing the most predictable <laughs> start to that fight. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I, I don't. I have nothing against Warrior Masvidal. He was fun to watch. I'll just repeat what I but, tweeted about Masvidal, which is without a doubt, Jorge Masvidal overachieved in this sport. Even four years ago, it was barely conceivable he'd get to this point where he is genuinely celebrated on his way out of the octagon. Sure, I think that's fair. That's a fair way. Yeah. He was a journeyman. He 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 really was. I I, so, I used to call him a journeyman in, in debates I would have with a friend and. I still believe he was a journeyman. I think he was able to just relay or, or, or I guess make, um, he made the most out of the opportunities that he got from having a really yes. strong year in 2019 and good for him. He's bettered his life. There he's, you go. he's made a lot of money. He set himself up that he has this promotion now that seems like it had at least a reasonably successful event. Wonder how much money he will keep. I, after this lawsuit, you just never, so know. there's a lot of legality going on. Also MMA <laughs> retirements. Yeah. There's that. So, thing. But, uh, no, I mean, good on him. Yeah, good. Anyway, um, 
that was it for the topics and stuff. Obviously, we kind of went a little longer, I think, on the middleweight debate than, than probably either of us really thought we would. But um, judging breakdown. Now, we're, I should point out, we did intend on potentially talking about PFL. We're not really going to do a whole lot of PFL here, almost none of it, to be perfectly honest. But I will point out that it had its fights on Friday. And uh, 13 out of 17 of the judges were you uh, ra- judged rounds were unanimous, I should say, uh, in Nevada. That's a 76.5%. I also want to point out one thing about PFL. Mm. Their AI scoreboard <laughs> was the only one who was wrong on one of the fights. I think it was the main event, Pacheco. And, uh, yes, it was. They, they, were, it, they were fully... Con- the, the, the AI, formerly FPR, a fighter performance rating was... Uh, it was very convinced that Julia Budd had won that fight, but everyone who watched that fight knew Julia Budd had not won had that fight. Not won that fight. Um, yeah. So yeah, robots mach- are not taking over the, anytime. The, the soon. machines are not coming for us, at least not for from an MMA standpoint. Um, they may take over the world in other ways, but by then, you know, they'll still be relying on humans to judge the fights. That uh, they, can you they imagine won. all the people who are like, put the robots in, put the robots in? We just we just need we need uh, these robot scores. And then something like that happens where everyone watches the fight. They know the one person wins. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, but the robot says otherwise. They'd, they'd lose their minds. Gotta trust the robots. <laughs> I'm not going to take over your world. And did they change it from computer score last week to AI score this week? No, no, no. They, oh. they had a, the, the previous week, they had been calling it like the AI computerized scoring. Oh, okay. They, they've come up with different words for it. I think they're just trying to capitalize on the fact that people are talking about AI right now. Oh, okay. So they're just mixing it in, and I think they've realized that people thought FPR was a stupid word, so they changed it mm-hmm. because it is stupid, yeah. stupid acronym. It's dumb. And no one knows how it works. We just know it doesn't work well at all. But anyway, um, yes, yeah, so thirteen out of seventeen unanimous rounds, solid, solid work there in Nevada. Um, one of those was an eight-nine split. We're not going to talk about the four split rounds, not in detail, but I did want to bring up actually real quick before we get back to UFC, Dan. Um, in the fight between Aspen Ladd and Elena Kolesnik, which uh, Kolesnik won, mm-hmm. majority decision, came down to round three being a potential, was it a 10-8 to make it a draw? On Mike Bell's card, it ended up being that. On uh, Judges Adelaide Bird and Janitra Camillo, they only had a 10-9 for Aspen Ladd, who had lost those first two rounds. Now, I don't want to get into the scoring deeply because i i think it's realistically yeah it could kind of go either way I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it kind of going either way but the thought that i had and this was something that, I, that i've kind of toyed with while watching rounds sometimes is if aspen lad wasn't trying to go for the submissions which were being defended pretty well by elena kolesnik and she was sticking more to mixing in those big punches which she was actually landing and and was mm-hmm. were hurting elena kolesnik which is really the only reason you'd start thinking about that as a potential 10-8 if she started leaning on that more, I think she gets a 10-8. I think she salvages a draw. I, do, I agree. And I think it was a, a poor strategic choice there. And it's one that I expect almost every fighter in every corner would think to do. Except for the ones that, you know, maybe they're just leaning on, you know, maybe their skill sheets or their skill traits lean toward one way or the other, right? Yeah, well, Damian Maya's never going to do that. So. Right, right. Or, you know, somebody who doesn't yeah. have as much inclination to go for a sub is just going to punch you. you mm-hmm. know? But like if you have a mixed skill set and you might go one or the other, like I feel like a lot of people are like, well, I have the back. I'm going to go for the choke. But from there, realistically, if it's being defended as well as it is and, and, and it, it is being defended well enough, Kolesnik is not offering a ton of openings. It feels like a low percentage play. 
and the higher percentage play, if you're trying to go all out and try to salvage not losing, you got to beat her down with your hands because it was sort of working. And I wish a lot of fighters really kind of thought about that kind of thing and corners thought about that kind of thing and really strategized around the way judging works. You get get more immediate. Uh, impact when you go with striking than you do grappling it's just so, the way judging works like they don't give and it's not the judges themselves it's the criteria it really just doesn't give as much favorability to especially going for submissions especially if you're trying to finish a 10-8 round like i had the thought to kind of segue over a little bit to the ufc again i had the thought watching uh and i told you about this round too uh jacqueline amarim in the first fight of the ufc on saturday night I had that as a 10-8 because she went for a couple... I thought she had three, three rear naked chokes. Was it three? I thought yeah. it was only two that were like really good. Maybe I think was... all three were under the chin and, and there. I just thought they were defended well. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like when you get situation like that where it's like, man, this is not someone who's just fiddling around and trying to hold position. Like, she's got the position and she's going for the chokes and they're under. I mean, at what point do we start kind of giving that weight? But the criteria doesn't really outline distinctly well what you're supposed to do with that type of offense. Because that choke, if it's in for a few seconds, but then it's released, it's not doing a ton to diminish your opponent, right? It's not necessarily effective offense in terms of of accumulating you know, stuff to end the fight. It's really, it almost got to something where it could have ended the fight, but it mm-hmm. didn't. You know, it's it's not the same as a punch. Right. It's like what we hear all the time. You know, I'd rather almost be sub 10 times than almost be knocked out exactly. once. Yeah, exactly. But so. I think we need something in the criteria language that kind of gives a little bit of power or at you least just clarity need- to what you're supposed to do in those situations as far as scoring. Because think- if, if you don't have it in there, you're going to have a lot of fighters who could say, well, I don't know what the heck that is. You know, this brings us back to that 10-7 show we did. Yeah. You need to find a way to define damage from grappling. Yeah. Because, or, or else around like Bryce Mitchell versus Charles Rosa, that was a total outclassing. Yeah. And you can't get to a 10 7 because there's no damage. I, yeah. And, and like, if that's the way it is, fine. Just, it should just be codified in such mm-hmm. a way. But if they codify that, and if that's really what it is, you're going to get a lot of grappling people that are really mad at that. So, yeah, it's kind of, it has to be accepted. Grappling's already diminished. Some people want to diminish it even further. I won't go into it for a third week in a row. <laughs> but <laughs> that guy owns a piece of a little corner of my brain. Yeah, unfortunately, he, he definitely has rent yeah. in your head. So uh, I think, yeah, you got you to gotta try to find a way to, to, like you said, codify it. Yeah, I would like to see that too. But yeah, we can we can get back to the traditional contested rounds, which again, we're, we're going to specifically do the UFC ones. We are more or less skipping over the PFL than what we, we kind of just spoke about. Oh, we should point out real quick though, in that particular round, the Aspen Ladd round, something a little weird Yes, I, I was going to mention. <laughs> I almost forgot the, about that. The the clacker goes off at the 10 second mark and then the round, the end of the bell to end the round never goes off for like just, just takes a little while. I think they said twelve seconds after the zeros. I didn't go back and struck. count it. I didn't see anybody. Who I'm, I'm just did. trusting. I, I remembered hearing that. I'm just seconds, trusting yeah. the commentary on that. But during that time, it was definitely when, longer than ten seconds. Let's put it that way. That's when the choke was the tightest. Yeah. <laughs> <It kinda laughs> Can you imagine? She tapped. 
Yeah, that would be an issue. Would that, that be viable? I think that would absolutely be something where you would have, um, if, if there was a, an appeal, I, right, I, that's I, I feel like that has to be something that gets overturned. Right, Almost would, definitely. That's Unless a, it's something they can figure out night of. Okay. If they can manage to figure that out the night of and just do the right thing and say, no, unfortunately, the round end. I have no idea. But I know we, we're aware of the fact that sometimes officiating kind of gets fudged a little bit just to make sure the right thing happens. Hmm. It, it's there's precedent for that in mixed martial arts <laughs> in, in officiating of the sport. But yeah, so let's let's put PFL to bed here other than if we have any favorite finishes and stuff. Let's go back to UFC. There were 25 rounds in all. 18 of them were unanimous. So 72%. That's smack dab on average, basically. Uh, one of them was an eight, nine split. We will get to all seven of these contested rounds and we're going to start with one of the two split decisions, the one that had two rounds uh, to that, that judges were not on the same page for. So let's go over to the prelims with Lupita Godinez gotten the win over Cynthia Calvillo, 30, 27, 29, 28 and 29, 28 the other way. So naturally we have two rounds here, rounds two and three. What happened in round two, my friend? I hate the strawweight division from a scoring <laughs> standpoint. From just a, a strictly judging standpoint. Nothing against the fighters. It's just a division that is very tough to score. Ob obviously, because they're smaller, their impact is lower. So deciphering the more immediately impactful strikes, there's a much uh, smaller difference between a 100% shot versus a 50% shot. It's really a, a slim margin there to, to decipher that. Sure. No, that, and that, especially I don't think that's TV. arguable. I think that's at least true, you know. Especially on TV. And I that, mean, if you're there, that close, goes for the men's weights too. I mean, you know, the lower you go in the men's weights, yeah. the same thing applies. It's really just a weight thing, not a gender thing. With that said, to make it even more difficult of a round, this was quite the high output round. I thought Calvillo was landing some good ones early. Thought she did well with the body kicks. Not to mention, also, I want to start. This round had a gigantic graphic over the beginning of it, and it was <laughs> shot from 600 yards away, zooming into the action. So we missed like the first 10 seconds. It looked like Calvillo landed a spinning kick to the body. Not really sure. There were 34 strikes landed in those 10 seconds. I don't okay. know if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I would have believed it. This <laughs> super high output. I magnified. Uh, like I said, I, I thought Calvillo did well to the body with those kicks. A couple good shots upstairs that, that you could tell were, were decent ones. But as the round went on, I thought Loopy was the one who countered well, landed some big, bigger impact shots, uh, especially her left hand. The eye of Calvillo is swelling. Loopy is bleeding a bit from the nose, but I, I think Loopy by a slim margin, 10-9. Yeah, I, I also went that way, too. I think it's a very close... I think that basically these last two rounds that we're going to talk about are pretty close. But, mm -hmm. I, but I thought this one... This one makes sense as, as probably even more of a swing round, I think, even. Okay. Than, than, the other, than the other round that we're going to talk about a little bit, too. Mm -hmm. Which is, I, I mean, we can just kind of go right into it, other than the fact that the uh, the judges who scored it the same way as you and me, Eliseo Rodriguez, a local Florida judge, and uh, Dave Torelli, uh, a local New Jersey judge, mm -hmm. and <laughs> uh, local to us, anyway, um, they were the ones who had it for Godinez. It was Eric Colon a local uh, New Jersey judge who calls food the wrong thing, I'm sure, because he's in South Jersey. Um, <laughs> Communist state of South Jersey. You know, I had a Taylor ham, egg, and cheese sandwich on a bagel this week because I was thinking about our show, and I was like, man, I haven't had one of those in a while. I, I haven't one. had one in a long time. You should get one this week. Wow. Do it. For Easter tomorrow. Yeah, all right. There you go. You, you, or Easter you, yesterday. Easter yesterday. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. What about round three? Round three, another super close round. 
same as round two, just a ton of strikes that they're throwing. Calvillo is just throwing punch after punch after punch. It's absurd. Uh, I do think they're both landing pretty good. Loopy did land some strong ones to the head. Calvillo had some good ones to the face. And the nose is starting to bust up a bit more in this round, I thought. Eileen Calvillo, I thought it was very close. Tough fight to score. I feel bad for the judges that had to score it. Yeah, this is a tough one. I, I think... The nose stuff is something that carried over from the previous round. But now it's more present. Yeah, I think, and that's why I think because it did get a little bit worse, I think it a lot made it a lot easier for me to go round three for Calvillo here than in round two where I was just like, man, what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it, it does look like she's missing a lot. But also, her nose isn't bleeding because of the air that whipped by. Mm-hmm. It got hit. So Although, some of this stuff is landing, you know? One time on an airplane... My nose started bleeding out of nowhere. Sure, I wasn't. These punched. things happen. I remember. I, just I remember saying. kids on the block whose nose would bleed too. You know, I, yeah. I have kids now, and once in a while we see, oh yeah, there's a kid who's got a bloody nose, and it's like, well, how did it happen? It's like I don't know. There's just they have a dry nose. That is not what happens, sir. <laughs> They're in Miami. Yeah, that's not what happens. Yeah, I, I was not, coming home not from Vegas, so it was dry. Like that. Yeah, exactly. That's a now, <laughs> see. Now we're using science to put this together, and we're, we're finding solutions. And I think we know. But yeah, no, this, this it was, was blunt force. This was blunt force. Absolutely good, good description of it. Um, yeah, I had Calvillo here. I felt a little easier going Calvillo here than I did Godinez in the previous round. But they're mm-hmm. both close rounds. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is just this is one of those strawweight fights like you described. It's very tough to score. There's an inordinate amount of of split decisions at strawweight, I think, for a reason. Um, I should get the numbers on, on how often there's a strawweight split decision compared to other yeah. other divisions. Should go back. I, usually, I focus on uh, on the micro stuff. You know, the the trees. Sometimes I miss the forest. I look at the mm. rounds. I don't look at the decisions as much. Mm. So yeah, but uh, yeah. So you and I were in agreement with the majority for Calvillo. Uh, judges Cologne. And Rodriguez had it the same as us. It was Dave Torelli who was on his own. But again, these both these rounds really could go either way reasonably. And I don't think anyone should get mad. I know Angela Hill was was kind of like, I don't know about the scoring of this fight. But then Angela Hill's always in these split decisions, too. And it's, She's it's always never feels good about scoring. No. And I, hey, look, if you've been burned as many times as she has, like, it's kind of hard to falter. It just is like even even if the, we can make sense of the scoring, it's like, you know what? At some point, it's just like, what the hell? But it's also like you, you're watching the fight. You know it's super close. Sure. So No, I don't disagree. But it is what it is, right? We do have another <laughs> split decision. Hey, what weight class is this in, sir? Oh, straw weight. It is in straw weight. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a better fight in general. It was a more enjoyable fight. Luana Pinheiro got the win this time over Michelle Waterson Gomez. Uh, it was a split decision, like we said. 29-28's all around. Much simpler more natural split decision here it was basically just round two is our well deciding round so uh what, what's happening here unlike the previous strawweight fight these two swung like they were heavyweights <laughs> they actually tried to kill Maybe each other i thought but yeah all right maybe bantamweights all right <laughs> they fine. swung like but you could tell that they were putting some oomph on these punches sure. uh pinero invested in the leg kicks early i thought these were solid waters was landing a, a good solid front kick to the face uh, I think throughout the round, Pinheiro is landing heavier. It's close. Waterson has a nice elbow outside of a clinch, I believe. Couple combos upstairs, but I think Pinheiro was getting better reactions, shutting down Waterson, making her reset every time she got touched. They would throw strikes at the same time, and it felt like Pinheiro was winning these change- exchanges. Close round, close enough anyway, but I'm 10 9 Pinheiro. There's nothing I could say to enhance what you just said. I think you did a mm-hmm. good job there, so I am with you. 
I had the same score for basically the same rationale. Uh, judges uh, Elisea Rodriguez once again with Chris Lee, uh, another traveling but also local judge. Uh, they they were on the same page as us. It was Eric Colon once again uh, as the out judge here had it for Watterson Gomez. All right. Not crazy. Not at all. Yeah. Just another close strawaway fight. I went to the <laughs> cards again. Man, oh man. One day we're going to do a show on just strawaway fights. We don't have to do like the rounds and everything. We've got to kind of discuss like data and things like that. I think that would be interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to drive you nuts. <laughs> I feel like I would. You'd probably quit the show if I just made you watch a bunch of split decision. Fights like Eric Colon was on all three of these fights. Right? Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he did like, to the Florida Commission to get that. But <laughs> well, no, they just say you're a good judge. We want you on the toughest of scores. I mean, yeah, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> so, but what if it's what if it's punitive? Well, let's hope like, not. Listen, you know, you didn't. You didn't uh, I don't know. You you didn't buy us a, a Taylor ham and egg and cheese sandwich. <laughs> So, you know, now you're going to have to score all these tough fights. Good yeah. luck to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, could be that. I don't know. Um, let's move on, though, to we'll go back to Gilbert Burns and, and Jorge Masvidal here, though, because there was yeah. a split round here. Uh, it was a unanimous decision, though. 30-27 twice and a 29-28. Round one was the only round in which Masvidal got a, even a share of the round. And, well, what happens? Yeah, I, spe- I suspected this one was going to be a split if there was one. Mm-hmm. Uh because it's a low output round. They both fought round one like this was a five round fight. Didn't really make that sense to me. It made sense on the Masvidal's end because he was he was spent by round three. Um, I thought Burns Pays lands himself a little bit. You're saying, yeah, Masvidal landed some good kicks to the like. He really went there uh, often when he actually did strike or when anyone stroke uh, threw a strike. Really, uh, Burns did. He landed like a body kick and a couple leg kicks of his own. But I thought it was Masvidal definitely landing heavier. Uh, he had a couple of good ones to like. He's just not going anywhere else that are landing. Um, I think the difference is really that final minute. Burns starts landing pretty good to the head a couple of times, snapping the head back, and then he gets that takedown straight to side control and lets the hammer fist go. I don't think that many hammer fists actually get through, but I think a couple did, and that's enough to sway it. I think ten nine burns. I think it it definitely made it a lot more clear for me who won that round. You know, because the late takedown. Whenever you get a late takedown, it's the way you win a round. Yeah, Dominic. That's Cruz. how it goes. Moving on. <laughs> no, but <laughs> obviously I'm kidding. But but I think there is a little bit of truth to that because again, it was I think it was a close round where for me I really could have gone either way. But I thought the takedown into side control with those little extra shots at the very end, I think it just it made things a little easier for me to go that way. But mm-hmm. there's still it's still not a whole lot there. And and realistically, if you had Mosfidal a little more ahead, I could see how you'd keep him there. Well, yeah, the leg kicks, the leg kicks were good. Yeah, like, but I didn't think I didn't think you had anything other than that. Yeah, I, I, I felt I felt comfortable giving a burn score here, but I, I can, I can rationalize a, mm-hmm. a Masvidal score here as well. So, mm-hmm. not a crazy score. You and I are united uh, on Burns, same as judges Dave Torelli and Chris Lee. It was once again Eric Cologne out on uh, out a limb on this. One. It's all right though. It's fine. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh. Except, you know, maybe just make the, you know, Florida Commission like you a little better. That way you don't have to get all the strawway fights. <laughs> uh, three more fights for us. One round each. We'll start with the fight of the night, actually. Good fight. Kelvin Gastelum against Chris Curtis. Gastelum getting the win here. 29-28 twice and a 30-27. Our split round is round three. What's happening? A great round. Both guys had big moments. Uh, I think Curtis landed more. 
he would land in bunches. It felt like he was good body work, couple knees to the uh, to the stomach when they, you know they would come close. Um, Gaslam had some heavy lands up top. I just think that he didn't put much together behind them. It was kind of single shots, uh, but they were good shots. So I can maybe see a small argument, but I, I think it's more Curtis in a close but clear round. I felt like I had Curtis in a yeah. I think close but clear is. I'm okay with that one. Yeah. I don't think it's a wrong, like a bad, bad score to go the other way. Yeah, I like, don't. I, like I said, got, got some, there were some heavy shots. Yeah. I, but I don't think it's... And I think that's, whenever you get those heaviest shots landed for some, especially when they're in the latter part of the round, you can almost get why... And I, and I don't the the judge who gave the the Gaslam round is is local judge Michael Tate. I don't want to imply that he's like a bad judge or like he's like an experienced judge because he did that because obviously he's judged more fights you know officially than we have. So there's that. Mm. But I I do feel like it that type of thing happening at the end of the round it makes it a lot easier to go against what I think made more much more sense personally, mm-hmm. which was the heavier offense and and the more frequent offense being landed by. Chris Curtis throughout most of the round yeah. or much of the round. I really would, I would to all either. targets. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. And that's the type of thing too, is like, you know, how much, how much are we, you know, weighing every element of that offense and that kind of thing? You know, it's, it's not the, it's not a bad score, but yeah, I think I lean close, but clear as mm-hmm. well. Going to Chris Curtis here as a 10, mm-hmm. nine, uh, same as judges, Eric Colonna and Derek Cleary. So yeah, Michael, Michael Tate, not, not a bad score, but maybe not the greatest of scores, at least in, our collective opinion i would think right tougher one to to say absolutely this is a tough round like this is this is not like you know easy round scoring i think right here you know especially you know a a judge like michael tate i can imagine cannot get the same number of assignments in a year as somebody like an eric colon or a Derek cleary yeah you know a lot of high spots from both guys in that round yeah for sure i did want to kind of back up real quick and talk about round two in this fight because as you recall this was the round where Chris Curtis uh, absorbs a, a, an accidental or incidental clash of heads, right? Mm-hmm. And it sends him down and he's in a heap. He's clearly trying to recover and he's more or less turtled up. And he's blocking shots that are coming from Gasolin, but more or less. But but uh, ultimately, they get back to their feet. But outside of that particular element, like if you take that, especially just the, uh, we'll call it an illegal strike, right? Because it wasn't an intentional thing, but we'll just call it for the sake of simplicity an illegal strike. Or the, the headbutt. We'll just call it a headbutt even. If you take that out and you even allow for the follow-up shots, right? Because those, everything there uh, thereafter is legal. You know, not, there's nothing wrong with what Gastelum is doing following up with Curtis on the ground. If you include those attempts to trying to score there for, and, and land strikes there, I feel like this is a, there's a real compelling argument for Chris Curtis to win this round. Okay. I'm not saying he has to win this round. And I'm not saying that the fact that all three judges gave it to Gasolin means that they wouldn't have considered it to be a close enough round that maybe they could have gone Curtis. But I feel like when you take that headbutt out, man, I really feel like Chris Curtis should have gotten that round. That's just my opinion. So now that that brings me to this, does in Vegas, they probably would have called replay. In theory. Right. But they didn't really stop the fight or anything like that here either. Right. But doesn't the replay official buzz send a buzzer to, hey possible illegal shot here i guess that that could be true yeah so i don't I, know if, i believe I, that's the understanding of i'm it, assuming right? florida does not have replay i thought vegas was the only yeah i don't i don't think they do to i could be wrong I, I didn't get the chance to verify that before we record this show but i think you might be correct in that understanding so yeah i mean that that is a disappointing result i think i, I who knows maybe despite that 
mm-hmm. all three judges still gave the round to Gaslam, you know? Yeah. That maybe that's entirely possible. And and I think it's defensible. So when I say I really think Chris Curtis should have won that round, I'm not saying it's an indictment of the judges that gave that round. Not not Judge Cologne, not Cleary, not Tate. But man, I just look at that and I'm like, I think Curtis had a good I think he did well early. I think he did well late. I, I liked his offense. I think he did a good job. But it was again, it was a close enough round. So plus who knows how, when you're that close, the referee didn't see it as a headbutt. And the three guys cage I didn't see it as a headbutt. Sure. Yeah. No, so, I'm I'm not faulting the judges. Who uh, I actually really don't fault the judges at all. So but but it is it's just I think it's unfortunate is really all it is mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to it. But that was all I had about that fight. And we can move on to again, we've got two more rounds here. Uh starting with Ignacio Bahamundes got the win over Trey Ogden. Another unanimous decision, two thirty twenty sevens and a twenty nine twenty eight. Our only split round is round two. What's happening here? I thought Bahamundes had a good round attacking all targets, especially the leg. A couple good ones upstairs snapping the head around of Ogden. But Ogden does throw some good ones upstairs that got the attention of Bahamondes. You know, good reactions. I think good lands the body too. By the way, yeah, I really thought. Uh, I think it was was it a right hand? The, the right, kinda, the right straight to the body. That is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that yeah. kind of woke up Bahamondes. He hit hit him early with a left hook to the face. Um, but I think it was a Bahamondes round ten nine. Yeah, I had it as a Bahamondes round, but I do think it, it got competitive here mm-hmm. because. For whatever reason, there were times where we just weren't seeing Bahamondes really like on a land as well. I think he kind of disappeared at like little moments in the fight, and that kind of allowed Ogden to, even with his kind of single shot punches here and there, I think it allowed him to get back into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I could see why uh, Derek Cleary ended up going for Ogden here, but uh, I'm with you. I'm with the majority, which included uh, local judge Troy Winkapaw and uh, non-local judge Sal D'Amato. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I mean, it didn't really matter. Bahamundes clearly won that fight. And we move on to our final round here. And this was a round that really didn't matter to the degree that Christian Rodriguez got the uh, got the third round victory over Raul Rosas Jr. A, a big upset, by the way, over the teenage kid. Teenage wunderkind, right? Wunderkind? Kind of like more so of a manufactured upset. I suppose that's at least possibly partly true. Yeah. And as I pointed out that why was anybody counting out a Christian on Easter weekend? That, that doesn't make any sense. It's true. They tend to rise to the occasion. Oh, Oh wow. You way tops me. Good job, sir. Mm. Yeah. Christian Rodriguez. There we go. Getting the win 29, 28 twice and a 29, 27. So we're only talking about the degree to which Rodriguez was able to defeat Raul Rosas Jr. And he'd already locked up the fight by winning the round, but yeah, I mean, is this an eight or a nine? Let's, let's talk about why. Well, Rodriguez lands a couple shots to the feet. Uh, Rosas shoots desperately, gets his back taken, full body triangle. Couple choke attempts, nothing close. Uh, Rodriguez is landing some heavy shots, I thought. Uh, they're just kind of intermittently, though. He's outclassing him in the transitions. He keeps, he's keeping the dominant positions. Good elbows, good punches. I think there's two Ds there. I think you got damage. I think you got dominance. So I'm 10-8. Yeah, I am too. But again, I, I kind of, I, I think you actually had an easier time getting to the eighth than I did. I was actually very, very, very borderline. Um, but then, you know, the fact that there's two D's there mm-hmm. is more or less why, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't feel compelled to, but I ended up ultimately going that way as well. So I, I had the, the eight, just like you, just like Sal D'Amato. It was uh, judges Chris Lee and Dave Torelli, though, that had the nine, which was the dominant score. But we didn't see it the same way. So what does that mean for uh, Judge D'Amato? Couch side override. <laughs> should, maybe, maybe we should stop mailing 
uh, Judge D'Amato all the couchside overrides each week. We should just save them up in one, like, maybe monthly package or something like that. Yeah, he, save on he shipping. judges so frequently. It would save on shipping. And honestly, I'm just mm-hmm. wasting so much money shipping these things because yep. they never get there. <laughs> and I don't understand why it never gets there. Bad courier. <laughs> Evidently. It's probably Newman. <laughs> Newman. But that is it. Again, we're not going to go over PFL. We're we're, we're just going to kind of look at the finishes here. Uh, at least, yeah, kind of consider them anyway, which was UFC had five finishes actually both pfl and usc had five each and all five were tkos or ko's no submissions just destroying the run that we'd had of a bunch of submissions it was just like everything came back down to earth balance it out disappointing turn of events the, the, the force has found its balance once again the dark side which, which side is the submission side are they the light side or the dark side of the force well they're dark side now no no no, no. but like are they the good or the evil oh oh no they're the evil side Sub subs of the evil side. Yeah, no okay. one loves grappling at all. They hate him. Everyone that's, hates grappling. That's true. It, it's it's a good point. Stupid. But anyway, in UFC there were um two first round finishes, whereas in PFL there were three. Um, and really should have been a lot more considering it was a lot of heavyweights at PFL. So not the best job. Mm. Heavyweights heavyweights in uh, PFL. Maybe get a few more this next time. Do you have a favorite finish among these ten? I did. Oh, don't tell me that. We should move on. <laughs> I liked Steven Garcia's uh, or Steve Garcia's win over Shailen Nordebecki. <laughs> Nordebecki, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Um, body shot KO. I thought it was pretty awesome. That was. Um, body shot KOs are always it fascinating. Was, it was like a double whammy because he gets hit with a front kick to the gut. And you're like, oh boy. And like immediately right after was the uppercut to it. And it's like, oh, that's it. Body shut down. No Fetal one position. No one comes back from a body shot in MMA. Like scientifically, they went over it at the ABC conference last year. One of the, the ringside doctors did, and they were saying that like the the nature of you know a shot to the the liver or a shot to the solar plexus as well, it, you just can't recover in a reasonable amount of time to be able to stand up. I think he'd said that the only boxer that he was aware of who'd actually come back to continue fighting from a body shot was in boxing. And it was Arturo Guy. Arturo Guy was yeah. right. Yeah. That's the only yeah. one. Now, maybe there are others that <laughs> what about he's Scott not aware Smith? of, but that's he's easily the highest profile one. Scott Smith. Which over fight? Pete, Pete Sell. Was that was that a liver shot? He's he's like, oh, 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 and then he cracks him. But was he playing possum? He might have been pulling a uh Israel Odessa years before? Not no, not in no. Izzy. He might have been pulling a uh can't think of his name. Possum. Uncle I have beat him twice. Uncle Live. Oh, uh, Jan Kutelaba. Yeah, Kutelaba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he was setting, he was giving the playbook to, to yeah. Kutelaba, who studied it in full. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a good body shot. You can't argue with it. It, it. No one in MMA will come back from those. It just doesn't work. Mm. I don't think so. Um, and yours? I, I, I feel like sometimes it's cheating to pick the obvious one. <laughs> But, like, you got to sometimes just pick the obvious one. It's got to be uh, a destiny of finally getting past yeah. uh, Alex Pereira. It was just the way he crumpled Pereira. It felt like it was the it was the back, the, the shot, like, kind of the temple, like the side of the head kind of thing. That was the one that really crumpled him down. Just rattled the brain. Yeah. He, well, the first one when he gets shot back. Yeah. That obviously started. It's it. like, get off of me. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to hit you again. Mm-hmm. And then he just, and then he fell like a sack of potatoes. And then he hammer fisted yeah. him from hell. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't think it was excessive in the same way as like a, like a Dan Henderson and, and Michael Bisping. And Rampage Jackson. 
Yeah. <laughs> over Vanderlei. I think he got three shots in after he was pushed off. Actually, that's a that's an apt comparison because I, I kind of forgot that they had all those fights before, and then uh, now he gets the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's true. I forgot about that. But yeah, that that's that's my favorite finish. That's that might be Clubhouse leader for knockout of the year. Mm. No, no. What what no. is? What is I'm I'm not thinking that. I have. Right now. It's late at night. It was uh, Bashara the flying knee over uh, Terrence McKinney. Oh, that was a good that one. is. No, you're right. That was flashier, but this one. I mean, the, was the stakes were the sta- bigger on the, this the one. The stakes so. of it. I don't know, man. I feel like when it's not kind of the year, sometimes you got to give a little bit to that, unless it's something wild. I don't know. There's a, there's different schools of thought, of course. So I don't know. There's, there, is there a wrong is answer, name? Javed Basharat? Yeah, I yeah. I think, I think that's who you're talking about. Yeah. Let me just make sure. All right, you can make sure. Unless it was a different fighter, and then it was not Javed Basharat, because that would be a different. Okay. Fighter. No. No. It- Ishmael Bonfarim. Oh, okay. That's it. Bonfim. Bonfim. Bonfim, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Good call. We should at least get the name right. Mm-hmm. Shout we should, yeah. yeah. That's that's fair. <laughs> but it is very late. So, um, But that is it for this past weekend. We're already done with UFC 287. We can move on to, well, PFL first. I mean, there there is the third leg of the PFL season. They'll take their break after this one for like roughly a month, I think. Yeah. One I am interested in. It. Yeah, this this is much more interesting, I think. Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, main cards start. Prelims are a couple hours earlier. Um, but lightweights and welterweights. I think lightweight is is the showcase weight class yeah. in PFL. I think they have the most talent there. It's the most, I mean, typically you go a little lower and move into the middle weight classes. It's usually a little bit more interesting, right? And I, I count lightweight as a middle weight class in MMA because it's a lot closer to the middle than the yep. end now. You know, <laughs> we go all the way down to flyweight in men. Um, but it's headlined by, I think, genuinely one of the most interesting matchups they can make in PFL period uh, right now, which is Olivier Alban Mercier against Shane Burgos, who's coming up from 45. I don't know if this is the final, how Tapology has the card. Okay. But they have that as a prelim. It's not. Okay. It's the main. Okay. Don't worry about it. Just making sure. Don't worry about it. I'm kind of worried about it. You shouldn't. Okay. I'm. I am actually set to. I'm supposed to be speaking with uh, Mr. Burgos today to maybe Monday. Um. So we'll talk about that. Okay. This fight against OAM, who won the championship last year, of course, and Burgos was a, was a very high profile acquisition from uh, the UFC in free agency. Who's, I mean, coming off a win, he was kind of riding a lot of momentum. This is a very unique signing for. PFL because he is not you no one would say Shane Bogers is a superstar start with that but also he is young enough and let's say more on the come up than on the come down and that's very rare for their acquisitions from the UFC so it's it's a big deal it's interesting curious to see how he'll do especially at a new weight class is this the first time he's fought at lightweight in his career I don't know that okay but he didn't fight I don't believe he fought at lightweight in the UFC I think he was strictly no, think, a, a forty fiver. I think he was always forty fiver. But I like this weight for him. I you know, I, I he's cuts a lot of weight, I think, to get to forty five and to do it four times in a year sounds really harsh. So I'm glad he's gonna do the fifty five. There's a chance I saw Shane Burgos at a CFFC fight. I just saw There's that probably he, a really good chance of it, yeah. Yeah. I don't wonder if I was there for it. He fought Bill Algio, beat him by submission. I don't know, I might have been there. Yeah, decent Possible. chance. Sure. I kind of like him a lot more now that I realize this. <laughs> you do love your CFFC so... <laughs> alums. Oh my god! Yeah, let's go, Shane. You know what I'm gonna do next but time? I like I love Albin Mercier. Next time you're complaining about a fighter, I'm gonna be like, you know, I think they fought for the CFFC title once, and just just to see if you'll kind of change your tune a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna throw it in there one day. 
Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I like this fight. I think it's a genuinely interesting fight. It's I think it's easily the most interesting fight PFL has put on for this leg of their season. So I like that fight. Uh, Sadabu C is the, the welterweight champion, the defending welterweight champion going against mm-hmm. Jara Al-Salawi. He's also still at welterweight. Good at um, what he does. Sadabu C, yeah, he's, he's fine at what he does, but yeah, he's not appointment viewing by any stretch. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we're just highlighting it here. But yeah, I can't say I'm very much looking forward to it. This is a Nevada card still. So these will be Nevada judges. Um, I expect high quality judging, which we hadn't always gotten in PFL. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that that has been rectified here. I don't know where the second leg's going to be yet, though. So I'm not sure if it's going to end up being in Georgia. I think it's Georgia. No, that's unfortunate, but... You know, again, maybe maybe Derek Cleary can clone himself and we can have three Derek Clearys around the cage. <laughs> I'd feel much better with that. So make that happen. Um, we're bringing some outside judging. How about that? I did like a couple other fights, though, at, at lightweight. It's really, again, it's not just them. There's some interesting fighters here. Natan Schultz, former two-time champion of PFL, going against Stevie Ray, mm-hmm. the runner-up of last year, who had, for my money, the submission of the year uh, in his modified twister. Mm-hmm. I thought that was incredible. Also, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Stevie Ray, uh, his daughter, mm-hmm. they were doing the the GoFundMe for his daughter who needed a brain operation. And they yeah. were able to raise the funds very quickly. So I, I wish I wish his daughter all the best in her um, journey to uh, brain health yeah, and, and sure. to the family as well. Uh, beyond that, I hope he brings the violence against Natan Schultz and, and we have a good time. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good fight. Natan Schultz, that was one that was driving me nuts. I was like, why is he not leaving half guard? No. <laughs> To finish Jeremy Stevens, what is going on? I don't on remember here? that fight in particular. <laughs> like, what are we doing? And yeah. but he did finish it, and it's like, all right, I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut your mouth. Um, yeah, Clay Collard is the other fighter I was very much interested in again because I I think this guy got kind of wronged. I think he should have been in the playoff field, and he got a, on the wrong end of a decision last year. I believe Alex Martinez got the win there. He returns in this. I didn't put yeah, him as another Hush fight Manfio. to watch, but yeah, uh, Manfio, former champion too. But we'll see how many times Alex Martinez can get some friendly judging. Uh, but I don't think it will go that way because we're in Nevada. I think we'll get the right. The right man will win. Mm-hmm. I feel more confident in that than I did in other places. But Clay Collard, again, he's back. He's fighting Yamato, uh, Nishikawa. I don't know much about Nishikawa here, but I, I do think Clay Collard is a pretty talented lightweight. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to see how he would do. in the... Clay Collard versus Shane Burgos would be a fun fight. I hope we get that at some point in some way. Now, is a, there's a tournament fight for Burgos and and uh, Mercier. This, these are all part of the season. All yeah. season season. It's not the tournament. It's but the regular the, season. The regular so season points. fight. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, gotta gotta get the terminology right. You know, PFL is the only uh, MMA league with a regular season playoff and championship. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yeah, because they they tell me that. Oh yeah, they put a Chiron up yeah. every week of every event that they've ever had. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, the Walter Waite runner-up last year is on this fight, too. On this card, too. Delano, Delano Taylor. Yes, that's right. I forgot about him. He he was uh, he was the one that kind of came out of nowhere and surprised mm-hmm. uh, Ray Cooper III, who I don't believe is part of this field. Okay. I actually don't know what happened to Ray Cooper III. Mm-hmm. I meant to follow up on that, and I didn't do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh but over the next day of course we have uh ufc is back in the fight night capacity this one in kansas city go to the midwest kc now I... kansas city is kansas city missouri sir not kansas we don't yeah. have open scoring as an option and the ufc probably wouldn't exercise that they option wouldn't take anyway. it anyway yeah so just to 
you know, make sure we're clear on. They the, probably which looked Kansas at it. City they're like, you know what? We're gonna go to Kansas City. Let's see which one doesn't have open scoring, and we'll go to that <laughs> That's one. Exactly what they said. Yeah. yeah, Mark Ratner was was going through the choices with with Dana. It was like, <laughs> what do you think? I don't know how they do that, but <laughs> uh, but yeah. So seventy, excuse me, eight thirty p.m. Eastern time for this main card start. Uh, I love the the headliner. I think you do too. Max Holloway and Arnold Allen. Fantastic it, fight. It doesn't get more high level for a fight night main event than this. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. So you got to really appreciate it when you get it. I'm very excited for this fight. Glad we're going to get five rounds of the violence from it. I have no idea who's going to win. I mean, in theory, logic would say, yeah, Max Holloway doesn't mm-hmm. lose to anyone who's not Alexander Volkanovsky at 145 pounds. But Arnold Allen's pretty damn good. Arnold Allen is very good. So I, I like this fight. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know anything about the local judges in Missouri, to be perfectly honest, but I'm hopeful that they bring in enough traveling judges to make that not too much of a problem to begin with. Mm-hmm. Florida judges, I want to, I want to say, I think the Florida judges did a solid job. Yeah, mm-hmm. good job. They, they've had, they've had good experience with high level. You I, know, I tend MMA to think Florida does there. decent, decent job with their local guys. I think they bring in solid so. judges, and I think they, they're, they're, they deploy their judges especially in a way that I think other states should emulate, which is they'll put two of the traveling judges they bring in. And mix in a local judge at almost every fight. And they'll structure it all that way. So everyone gets a little bit of experience. They get to kind of pick the brains mm-hmm. of these more experienced officials. But also you're increasing the odds that the right person wins by bringing in two judges of more experience to make sure that they're adjudicating as well. And then for the co-main and the main, they just do traveling judges. Yeah. Fights of, in theory, right. more yeah. import. Yeah. And I like that. I think that's great. I think more states should emulate that. <coughs> Texas. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I apologize about that. Can we edit that out? <laughs> anyway. Um, I do like a few other fights, though. I like Edson Barboza, Billy Quarantillo. I think that's a fantastic fight. That should be fun. Uh, it, that that has violence really written good. all over yeah. it, about 145 pounds as well. Pedro Munoz and Chris Gutierrez. That's going to be a great time. I imagine somebody's leg is going to get kicked off. Let's just fall Most off. Likely. It'll, it'll just fall off and be replaced Most by likely. a peg. Yeah. 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 Um, you don't like this guy. I'm sorry, but Brandon Royval <laughs> is fighting Mateus Nicolau. No, I'm looking at the card right now and I'm actually, I am upset <laughs> with the card, the placement where this fight is. I knew you'd say this. While, meanwhile, we got Iwan Kutelaba and Tanner Bozer on the main card. <laughs> Which is like well, a glorified heavyweight fight, but it's actually let's just five. get rid of it. I mean, I don't. I, I got no problem with Dustin Jacoby and Azamat Mirzakhanov. That should be actually pretty Jacoby's, fun. I think Jacoby's interesting. So that's a fun fight there. Clay Guida on the main card versus Hafa Garcia. Eh. Raw Dog Royval belongs on the main card against uh, Matush Nikolau here. Well, this is basically what two top five guys. Yeah, stuck on the prelim. This is this is an elite level flyweight fight, and for whatever reason, UFC would rather just bury it on the prelims. Which I mean, granted, I think I feel like I feel like when you're talking about the prelims of a fight night card, the way they're structured these days, it's almost like indistinguishable. Because well, I feel like most people are watching. Like you're you're kind of in for penny and for pound anyway. You're they don't they don't even separate on ESPN Plus the prelims. It's just fight night, and you start it from. Fight one through yeah, fight Yeah, no, I do that too. And it's so glorious that I don't that's, have to change anything. To oh, no, man. I'm saying I think all fight nights do it that way. Unlike I know, pay-per-views, I like that. pay-per-views have three different files you have to go into. Yes. <laughs> no, actually, there there was just a prelims thing tonight. Oh, only prelims? Yeah, okay. I didn't have to change. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. All right, so they only two then. All right. We're getting closer. What happened to that thing with Gronk? I get why they would separate the main card of a pay-per-view, though. That makes sense. It's a different thing. 
You got to pay for that. Well, yeah, you got to pay for it. Yeah, but that's so what I'm saying. Where, what happened what to the thing with Gronk? What about he, Gronk? Who's wasn't exciting? he doing like a Peyton Manning, Eli Manning thing on UFC pay-per-views? Or was I that just no, a one-off? I don't even remember. I kind of okay. I kind of remember that it might have been a thing that existed. But yeah, I don't. Uh, it, it's gone. Um, the only other fight I was really looking forward to on this card, and it, which is to say there's a lot of them that I like. Um, Jillian Robertson and uh, Pierre Rodriguez. Jillian Robertson is always good for a submission threat. Mm-hmm. So I'm always down because mm-hmm. she, when she gets it to the mat, she's not looking to lay and pray. She wants to choke you out or take your arm. <laughs> and that's exactly what everybody should be doing. So I like that. Yeah, there was. And Pierre Rodriguez, I believe she's on the come up if I'm, think, if I'm thinking of the right um, fighter here. But I, she, I, I just like the fight. I think it's a good fight. Jillian's really good at grappling. She she choked Rose out in a grappling match in a minute. Well, she's Pretty a lot solid. bigger than Rose, yeah. too, well, to be fair. Neither's cutting, so yeah, I guess that was that was. If neither's kind cutting, of she's bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, I want Zach Cummings and Ed Herman. I can't believe Ed Herman is still fighting, but I actually am a little bit intrigued by that fight. He is, I believe, he's one of the few forty-year-old plus fighters on the okay. roster still. Yeah, he's one of the last. He's from Tough Three. Well, he got that double finish, right? The low blow finish. Was it Tough Three? He fought people Ed, Bisping, Ed Herman right? was uh, on the Bisping season. Yeah, yeah. So. What was what was your question? I missed it. Wasn't remember he had that double finish? Like he finished that both guys got a win because they thought it was a low blow, but it wasn't. It was a clean body shot. Was that was that against Mike Slot Rodriguez? Am I think, I think yeah, right that, that that sounds familiar. Yeah, that was. I vaguely remember it. It's double. amazing how much of these things like we talk about on the show, and then a few like a couple years later, we're like, oh, did that happen? Or did he get finished twice in that fight? Maybe that was what it was. And then he got a Kimura. I think they both they each won. Yeah, he. Yeah, something that's like, right. I don't so know. he got he. It wasn't like trying to piece it together. We don't have to spend time on this. We're gonna wrap it up. But I, I want to say he like sort of lost, and then they let it keep going, and he came back and won or something. I, yeah, I don't know. We'd okay. have to verify. Whatever. Just go back to that episode of the show. Enjoy it, or just watch that fight. Yeah, do that too. But listen to our show, <laughs> and subscribe on YouTube. All right, we'll be back again next Monday on YouTube for Scott. And other platforms. And other, well. yeah, everywhere else, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Same place as you uh, always heard us. Just, you know, go over to YouTube. Just hit subscribe. Help us out. And then play the episode there, too, because that also helps our uh, our, our algorithm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking we'll probably have more PFL this upcoming show. Yeah, I think we'll so. balance it a lot better. Unless it's, oh, my goodness. If there's, like, 20 rounds, it ain't happening. But we'll, we'll figure it out. All right, thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.